Welcome, welcome to Grace Community Church at 424 North Lovers Lane. It's the last time I can say that, so I had to say it. How exciting that we are here together for our morning of praise, our concert of praise, and we are so excited for what's ahead today. It's going to be a joyful day, maybe a little bit of a sad day, but we are excited that you are here to celebrate this with us. I do have some announcements. In fact, I have quite a few things to run by you. I hope you have been connecting through our letters from home. This is huge. This is what we have online, super easy to access. Thursday mornings, it's put out every single week. We as a staff make a short recording of things that are happening in ministry, things that you're gonna wanna know about important dates, times, meetings. So if you have not connected in that way, I would highly recommend it. We also have emailing. If you don't get updates through emails, I would highly recommend you also do that. We also have a way that it can text right to your phone. And I know some of you really enjoy that just because it pops up, you remember a time or date. We utilize that for urgent prayer requests as well. So again, if you haven't connected in these ways, this would be the time to do that because these are some you know, changing days ahead. So we want you to be informed of everything that's happening. Now, some of the big changes that you know is next Sunday, we will begin to meet at our new location, Divisadero School. It's not hard to find. It's literally right off Mooney, off Tulare Avenue. Very, very easy to access. So don't be scared about a new spot. We are going to meet at nine o'clock and 10.30. So put that in your brain, it's nine o'clock, 10.30. Also, we will still offer all of our children's programming the first hour, just like we do here. The only difference is, is we're gonna go back a little like we were doing where we have our young children meet here first in the worship center, which will then be the gymnasium, and they will sing with us and have a time of praise, and then they will go to their classes. Also, being that we're in a new location, your children will be picked up only by you. They're not gonna get to just go and run free through the school campus. So we have tried to think through every possible detail. We will continue to think through details as it comes. I know you'll be praying through the transition with us, but overall, we are just so excited about what's ahead because God's worked out all those details. All the pieces of the puzzle are fitting. Now for today, I wanna to invite you after the second service to come back if you're not still here. Come back because we're gonna meet in front of the cafe and we're gonna do a walk of faith. Don't freak out, okay? It's a little over a mile. You can walk slow. You can wheel yourself. You can do whatever you need to do, but we're gonna walk from this campus to the new campus, and we're gonna pray our way through it. And when we get there, we're gonna just have a, a quick prayer and a song um, just to be ready for this new adventure. So if you'd like to join us, come. And then at one o'clock today, for those of you that are able, we're gonna pack up the rest of this fun going on right here. There's been a lot of packing, but we have to get our final pieces out of this building because tomorrow we will no longer have keys to this building. We will be handing them in. So if you can come back, boy, you know how it is. Many hands make light work. So if you could even move one or two chairs this afternoon, that would sure be a help. So thank you. I know that's a lot going on, uh, but today is gonna be a fun-filled day of being together. And like I said before, it's not about the walls. This is Grace Community Church. You are Grace Community Church. So uh, this has been awesome. This has been a wonderful ride at this building, but we are looking forward to the next chapter. And I think it's an exciting time to be together as this family. So let's pray together and kick off this amazing morning. Father, we do come before you and we are just so humbled by all of the movement, all of the activity, all of the faithfulness that you have shown us for so many years at this church. We thank you for this building. We thank you for your provision, Lord. I remember when this tent went up. We didn't know how long we'd be here. We just were so thankful that you gave us a new place to worship. 
And Lord, now we look ahead to another new place of worship and we just give you all the praise because we know that you are leading us. We've seen your faithful hand in everything that we've done and we are so, so grateful. Lord, it's not easy, it's scary, it's a step of faith and our humanness can get in the way, Lord. We like our schedules, we like things the way they've always been, um, we like to know what to expect and to be placed in a position of the unexpected and the unknown is scary. And so we continue to trust you in this, in this great unknown. We know how faithful you are. We've seen it over and over again. Lord, we, we want to use today as a day to reflect on all the amazing memories that you've given us in this place. Lord, celebrations of life, um, celebrations of death, marriages, baptisms, child dedications, so many things that have happened here. And I just pray that this morning would be the time that we can really um, remember and appreciate all of these amazing memories that you have given to us. Father, we thank you for the busyness of the day. We thank you ahead for all that will be accomplished in it. We pray that in every moment we would just give you the praise and the honor we thank you for your faithful uh, way that you've worked through giving us rain and snow. We continue to ask for those things. Lord, we need them so desperately and we thank you that you are so good to us, so giving. Lord, I thank you for um, the opportunity to just give a little back through our tithes and our offerings. I thank you that we get that privilege. I thank you for um, using these, these many, many wonderful people in that way. Thank you, Lord, for what's ahead. We commit this morning to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. great uh, skill to get one of those things on if you remember to do it. I wanted to remind us that we are heirs. Every one of us here today and some who are yet to come and some who are unable to be with us today, every one of us is an heir of an investment of, in a sense, the heritage of others who have have served and ministered to the Lord and put into uh, this sacred space, this holy ground where we gather and in the name of the Spirit and in the power of the Spirit 
we live our lives for Christ and we reach beyond our borders and all of that that I'm trying to kind of capture in a few words is what we take with us because what we're doing in building this bridge and we'll be at Divisadero and then we're going to the property today is just a symbolic and kind of metaphorical expression of that but but what we are doing is investing in a future and we have to realize that there are heirs that are going to be our legacy and we need to understand the scope of what God's done in our lives, not just our individual lives, but our collective, our, our lives as a community of believers in the name of Jesus Christ. And so as we try to weigh and measure and get some sense of the capacity of that, we also have to realize that in ways sometimes are not even our intention but God does things through us as his church, as his people. And what we can appreciate but need to try and grasp is that what we're in the process of doing is about not only our lives, but the lives who will be on the shoulders of our lives and be heirs of what we do in the days ahead as uh, we seek to build the home that God wants us to build. I've been thinking a lot about uh, this morning, this week, and I've been in the Psalms quite a bit. And I discovered, because the word come kept coming to mind, <laughs> because I want you to come and talk this morning about what God's done in your lives how he's touched you. You can't say everything, but I've decided that if you want to, you know, say something and then sit down and then get back up and say something else, we can do that. But the most important thing is to hear each other's stories, get a glimpse of what God's done because as we put together that, that mosaic or that collage of experiences, it's going to be the best way that we can praise the Lord. And we come to praise the Lord. And as I was in Psalms this week, I just, uh, I did a search on the word C-O-M-E, come. Not coming, come, came, just C-O-M-E, come. Over 500 times in the Psalms. Over 500 times. Here's just a couple of examples. Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. That's what we're going to do. Tell what the Lord has done for our souls. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Each one of us is an instrument. Each one of us is a voice of praise and thanksgiving. And then bring an offering and come into his courts. Our praise is recognized biblically as a rich, personal, and intimate offering to the Lord. So our praise and thanksgiving is what we bring this morning. So I'd like to start, and I would like to pray. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me for God's blessings and that we might bless him. And then also I want to ask you to pray with me because I'm going to pray for Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Will you stand with me? Heavenly Father, let your compassion come upon the people of Ukraine. Incline your ear to their cry and to ours. Father, injustice sweeps their land. Deliver them. Deliver them from fear and suffering. We pray with the psalmist, we call out to you in his very words, O Lord. We pray to you who makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear, 
who burns the chariots with fire. Father, we're praying to you, and we pray that you will protect the innocent, defeat the evil, punish the wicked who hold you in contempt with their arrogant greed. Preserve Ukraine. Preserve and strengthen your church there. You have a mighty people there. Hear their prayers and songs. Rescue them for the sake of your steadfast love. Lord, you are their refuge and strength. You are their present help. And Father, we are thankful this morning for all those things that are true for you and for them are true for us. And we gather to recognize and praise you. We bring offerings of our thanksgiving and praise to you. Thank you for this place. As we occupy it, we occupy it in the power of your spirit. But Father, we pray that your spirit will continue to work in and through this place. May there be a holiness, an aura of your presence that will continue to minister even as you have to us, to those who follow. And we pray that for many years, and we pray that as we have dedicated this place to you, it will continue. So do your work through your spirit in our lives as your church and even in this place. And we praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Uh, we're going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to be singing some songs, but we're going to sing a couple of songs. And if, if I know Julia, you'll have to stand back up for those. But <laughs> what you can do then is, you know, when we're standing, it makes it easier. And there's quite a bit of room in between these rows. So... My, I was nervous this week because I thought, well, what if nobody comes forward and comes to, up to the migrant and wants to say something about what the Lord has done in their lives? And then it, I saw all of you turning to me and saying, so what are you going to say? <laughs> well, I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> so if, if you want to hear me speak extemporaneously which you don't really want to do. So I encourage you to be thinking about, just pick out one. I know it's hard, but pick out one thing that the Lord has put on your heart that you're thankful for this morning. And as I said, you can go but sit back down or get, go to the end of the line and come back around. But uh, we ask you to line up on either side of these microphones while we'll be singing. And uh, once we get going, I know that you'll you'll want to follow suit and be a part of that. Don't be shy. Uh, it's just us. And I look, I'm not going to, no lectern or anything. I'm just going to sit right here. <laughs> so, Julia? Well, John's right. We're going to stand again. So let's stand. <laughs> Two, three. I see the evidence of your good. All of my life, all of my life, I see your promises in fulfillment, all of my
I had to write it on a card. I'm very nervous. I'm going to break down. I'm here for moral support. <laughs> <laughs> Give them your name. Beth and John Grafton Cardwell. We came here in 1990. We didn't know the Lord at all. And our neighbor invited us to come to Grace Community Church. And we came, and within, I would say, weeks, we realized that Jesus was what we were missing in our lives. And um, our family of John and I and our two kids had a virtually simultaneous conversion, which I know is pretty rare. And um, what did we do then? We plugged in totally. Uh, we went to Sunday school. Our kids went to Sunday school. We did Awanas as leaders. We assisted with Sunday schools. We did choir, supper sixes, drama, orchestra, missions, and worship teams. And we just totally plugged in. And you all raised us up and matured us in Christ. Um, our kids, you matured our kids in Christ. You poured into them, and they are now solid Christians, which is very exciting. You became our family. Our family of origin doesn't know Jesus, and you are our family. And from that, we were able to give back and do recovery ministries and teach Sunday schools and teach Bible studies and mentoring programs and help mature in return, which is just amazing. And we did that by plugging in totally. So that's one thing that I totally advise people who are new in this church to do is just totally plug in. Soon we'll be moving to Missouri to be closer to our kids and our grandkids. And we're just so excited for you all being able to move to this new property. There is this huge housing development next to you. You are going to have the opportunity to have this enormous mission experience of bringing others to Christ like you brought us to Christ. And so um, I just, that's what we pray for as we're leaving this, this area. We're just so thankful that we have had this experience and that you've raised us up and that we've been able to give back and, and you're going to have this amazing opportunity. And uh, we just pour blessings on you and thank you so much. You are family. Yeah, we really are. We love you, and we're going to miss you. <clears throat> Thank you, John. Thank you, Beth. <laughs> Get up here. Come on. Alia. <laughs> Alia. Okay, one of them I need Paul's help on. I remember 30 years ago, we were meeting in the other church. Oh, probably 40 years ago. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it was kind of a big deal that, okay, what Bibles are we going to use? Which translations are we going to use? And I'll never remember an old board member, Walnut Farmer, got up and said, if King James was good enough for Jesus, it's good <laughs> enough for us. <laughs> Niels Peepgrass. Niels Peepgrass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just name from the past. Um, I'm actually up here. Ten years after that, I was in a singles group here, and I think in the singles group there were seven marriages at the year after it started. <laughs> and was that right, Wendy? Something like that, yeah. Wedding of the Month Club. Um, and I think six of the marriages are still together. It's pretty impressive what started so many years ago. And we had some of them over last night for dinner and a movie, and one of them kept showing pictures of his granddaughter over and over again. <laughs> Mackenzie's whispering to the person next to her, so yeah, that's her, <laughs> her daughter. So it's neat what's happened, you know, 30 years ago is still being continued today. So it's just, it, it's a beautiful thing to be part of that. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. didn't think I could talk, but Beth cried so I can cry. <laughs> Over 40 years ago, I was in a park. We had just moved by Celia, and this young mother was there, and we all had our kids playing, and she said, where do you go to church? And I said, well, we go to People's Church in Fresno. We haven't decided what to do here yet, and we had just moved. She said, we built a church, 
And this Sunday is our first Sunday in the building. Why don't you come? So we came. We're welcomed with open arms. My daughter left her banky here, so we had to come back that night to the Sunday service and get it, and we haven't stopped coming. When I think of grace, I think of families that I hope we've helped raise. I know you helped me raise mine. I'm so proud to see some of the babies that we loved on and ministered to who are in leadership today. It just, I tell you, you bring me such joy. Um, you know, it's been over 40 years. Music has been a huge, huge part of my life. And I found it again here at Grace. I met Paul. Paul and I were young enough one time to be Mary and Joseph. And sing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we sang together for many, many, many years. We did music camp. We did um, praise teams. Um, it's just been a joy. But it's the families and raising our babies together. And I just, mm -hmm. just praise God that the church is the people and not the building. But this building does hold a lot. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> this side's out doing this side over here. <laughs> and then coming back that evening, you were referring to her baby doll. Blink. Oh, Blanky. Okay. Okay. I heard baby. I was like, you know that she didn't leave a baby here all day, right? We started this is off a strong. very safe place, Christine. <laughs> Interesting, our stories are all when we first moved here. When I first moved here, I was from Indiana, so I did not, was not prepared for 110 degrees. And my sweet husband said, well, let's go to this church. It's by the house that we're going to move into. And I figured it was air-conditioned, so I followed him. And I met some incredible people. And I knew who Jesus Christ was. I went to church every other Sunday. That's how we did blended families back in the... 60s, and I went to church camp, so I knew Christ, and I had accepted him, but I was never mentored. I never read the Bible. When anyone mentioned that to me, I thought, oh, that's crazy. That's long, and those letters are small. And I didn't do it, and this is where I was taught. This is where I learned, and this is where I grew up, and so many of those people are just sitting here right now who brought me in. At that day, I met Beth and Don, and um, I still remember that, and they're from, anyway, and <laughs> In this years, since that year, whatever year that was, there was a, we moved, we had a four-year break where we left Visalia and then came back. We went to Arizona. I called our 40 years in the desert. And I learned in that time how important you all are, how important this is. I was, I just didn't understand. Like when I went out to look for a church on Sunday mornings, I just saw everybody else packing up their boats and whatever else. And I was the only one going. I thought, what, this is weird. I just understood how important you all are. I just thought, everyone's this way. I must have been missing it. But no, you guys are extremely special. First time I came here, I dropped my baby off in the nursery. And you know how they cry. And they, when you pick them up, they say, oh, they stopped as soon as you left. <laughs> they didn't say that to me. <laughs> she cried the whole time. And so my response was, this is so long ago. My response was, okay, well, I will volunteer in the nursery so that my family can come here and I'll be with my daughter. And the sweet children's director at the time, I don't know, two or three ago, I don't remember, she said, well, what about you, Penny? And I thought, you know, I'm a, I'll figure it out. I'll do it. And she said, well, and she had this young, probably high school student come out to the hallway and meet me and take Laura and play with her and get to know her. And that young girl stayed with Laura and played with her in the hallway until she was comfortable, took her into the nursery, and Laura sat on her lap the whole hour, never got up and played. And for, I'm telling you, months. And the day she got up off her lap and went and got a toy and brought it back, 
All the nursery was applauding, and they came and told me. That's just so sweet. Who would do that, right? Who would do that? That's a very special place. And it has nothing at all to do with this building, nothing at all. It's just about you guys. Thank you, Penny. I see what's, what's impeding you is this is too high. So now, from this side over here, you can come up and share something. By the way, I will add, that was Penny Hoover. Before that was Christy Blattner. It would be good if you would introduce yourself when you come to the microphone. Because I know you think everybody knows you, but there's some that may not. My name is Victoria Anderson, and this is my husband, Connor. He says he's here for moral support for me, but I think I'm here more for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started coming to Grace just over, just almost 11 years ago. Um, my family and I moved here from Sacramento to this small little town called Tulare, whose main event was an ag show. And that didn't sound fun to me coming from Sacramento, but... Whatever. So um, we started coming to Grace in June of 2011. Um, the main reason I started coming to Grace was because they were one of the few churches in town that had a college group. Um, and that was very special to me because I had just left behind a bunch of my high school friends. And um, so within a month of joining, um, I had friends again and some of those friends even came to my house to throw me a surprise 18th birthday party. Um, I was able to play on the satellite worship team for about six years. And most importantly, I met my husband, Connor, through satellite. Um, we were married in this building four and a half years ago. And it is a little bit sad to think that um, we won't be able to come to this building every Sunday. But as I look back and I think about all the people that have played a role in who I am today, um, Pastor Stephen Elliott, he married us, uh, Delinda Irvine, uh, Keith and Cindy Douglas have mentored us, um, Troy Pace gave me my first job that allowed me to go to college and pay for that and be able to um, own our home, me and Connor. And so I'm just reminded that um, as everyone's been saying, it is all about the community. It is all about the people here. And those people are gonna move with us to Divisadero. Um, they're gonna move with us to our new campus, most of them. And um, so um, I just want to say thank you, all of you for making me who I am today. Um, I really wouldn't be who I am today without Grace Community Church, so thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to try and get through this without crying, but I'm, you know, I'm a softie, so we'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see how that goes. Um, so as my wife Victoria said, my name is Connor. Um, my family has started going to this church, you know, since I was born, essentially. Um, at this point, I think I'm the only one still attending this church. The rest have kind of either moved or are going to a different church. Um, but really, this is the, the physical location of the church that I've called home um, my whole life, uh, from a young age up until maybe middle school, I you know did the uh, the children's ministry. I was always in, uh, in that, and then you know middle school and high school is kind of a can can be a rough time, um, which is one thing that I really uh, love and appreciate about uh, Grace Community is the great children's ministry they have. Um, but it was a rough time for me, and so I wasn't real involved. Um, but coming back my senior year of high school, my my mom really encouraged me to start coming back to the church. And uh, as I said, it was a rough time for me, but here I found, um, I found friends. I found um, a place where I felt like I really belonged. Um, I'm going to say I'm a lot. Um, there I go. Uh, but really, I, it was, it was a, a place that I felt special to me, and even though I had um, been attending church from a young age, um, I really felt like... Um, Pastor Stephen and the great community helped me really uh, discover a faith that I could make my own. Um, and uh, a community that really accepted me. Um, around you know senior year and since then, I've had a few uh, kind of medical things that have come up and the amount of support that I uh, 
that came out of that and that I felt was something that, um, you know, has been really special to me and I'm not sure that you will find anywhere else outside of um, a body of believers um, and people who, who trust in Christ. And so, um, as Victoria said, I met her at Satellite uh, and uh, again, more friends. Um, you know, I've, I've grown in my faith being here. Uh, I know that it's, it's not about the place, it's about the, it's about the people and it's about God. Uh, I'm just really excited um, for just, just for what, what the future is going to bring. And so I just thank you all for being so wonderful to me and I'm looking forward to the future. Hey, thanks, Connor. You're right, John. I'm glad this is adjusted for vertically challenged people now. Uh, hi, my name's Steve Farnsworth, uh, along with my wife, Joanne. Uh, she started coming to Grace Community probably five, six years ago. Um, unfortunately, at that time, I was battling an addiction, which was called golf. And, uh, <laughs> and I was used to playing golf on Sundays, so after a while, I noticed kind of a change over Joanne. She was like more at peace, calm, um, just really at ease with herself and with what, what she was doing. And I said, you know what? I, I think I better try that. So I came to church with her and it was a very enjoyable experience. I was greeted warmly, got to meet some people very easily, felt at ease and eventually uh, on my way to know Christ, and uh, I was baptized here. Uh, first time I'd ever become a member of a, anything other than Rotary or the Chamber of Commerce, and this was much more fulfilling. Uh, we've had a good time here, but as you folks have come to let me know, a church is not a building. This is the only building I've ever been a member of a church in, and I'm going to miss this building, but I look forward to moving to the new facility with all of my friends. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. We are Keith and Cindy Douglas. We have been coming to Grace since our kids were three years old. Um, 24 years. There you go. Thank you. We got invited to Grace by some friends of ours, John and Michelle Knoll, and I thought I knew Christ. I did not. Um, but she told us about, that's not as comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so Michelle told us about this children's program. First thing in my mind with twin three-year-olds was free babysitting. Mm -hmm. So Keith and I went, absolutely. You know, she was part of the Cubby program, so I knew our children would be safe. And for the first couple of weeks, it was kind of like ding-dong ditch. We were gone, you know. It, it became a date night, which, by the way, is very important. Um, but that's a whole other subject. Pretty soon, our kids are teaching us stuff at age three. Oh. So I'm remembering all the things that my grandfather talked to me about, who was a very good Christian man. Okay, so we move forward, and then we're invited to church on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I see the offering plate go around. Well, with three-year-old twins and a law enforcement family, Money was tight. But pretty soon, you know, you're putting $5 in the offering plate. And pretty soon, huh, you make more money, more goes in the plate. Amazing the blessings that followed and the provision that followed. It did not make sense in my financial brain how that worked. But anyway, that worked. It got us more invested is I guess what I'm trying to say. But pretty soon there was a need in the Iwana program. Okay, we started in Iwana. We learned even more that we were not saved. 
so I think it was Pastor Tim that we met with, and he explained some things to us, and pretty soon we became saved. We became members of the church. And along the way, we still did Awana. Then we started parking lot security. My point is, we got plugged in, and we started meeting more people. Pastor Tim got us plugged in with a leadership program, memorizing all these Bible verses. I still remember most of them today. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, we plugged in even further. We went into dynamic marriage and went through that with Tim and Margie. And pretty soon, they needed facilitators for dynamic marriage. And our thought was, is if we can save the marriages, we can save the family. So doing Awana, doing security, dynamic marriage, I don't know how many times. We always joked we never graduated because we kept having to retake it. <laughs> um, but we got to know a lot of people. And then I convinced Keith <laughs> to do Grace Cafe. <laughs> Every, everyone knows their limitations. <laughs> but pretty soon he was like, oh, hey, I know Joanne. You know, and then, you know, there's other people that you keep meeting and new folks come and you get to welcome them. What a great experience. Um, what else? Oh, oh. You're, you're up here for eye candy? I'm here for moral support. <laughs> Just like John. There you go. My point is, is we got plugged in. We... This church became our family because our family was very small, not Christian, and lived far away. So this was all of our family, and you all helped us raise our kids. Um, our son and daughter-in-law got married here. Our children were baptized here. Oh, beach camp, <laughs> satellite ski. All this crazy stuff where we got to meet young people like Connor and Victoria and all these other, they help keep us young. That's why we do it. <laughs> but thank you for helping raise our family because we have great kids and we have a great family and I look forward to the next adventure. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Cindy. Let's stand. We're going to sing a few choruses together. Oh, I'm so sorry, Keith. Go ahead. I didn't see Are you sure, holding Julia? the microphone. You, go I'm for sorry. It. No, you were I'm up sorry. here just for moral support. I was, but I'm going to put a little, little bit of thing in there. So uh, just like Cindy said, but, and it's been a reoccurring theme that the church is much more than the building. Um, if the, the majority of our service and our connections are outside the building. Most of them aren't even on the property. Um, and that's the impact that, that we can have uh, together. Um, I'm also grateful for Pastor John. Um, we had only been here a couple years when John came in. Um, and through the leadership, we have built up our leadership. I remember when Stephen Elliott was a TNT leader for my son, Craig. And I, I heard he was going to be a pastor. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> That should be interesting. That still holds true to this day. So, uh, but you look at, uh, at Jared Irvine. You know, he's one of my son's best friends. Uh, and you just look at the men of God that they have grown up in this church. Um, I have personal friends that broached into the professional world. Christy and I worked together on two different projects in the professional world. We had already had that relationship here at home, and it made the professional relationship great. John and I actually knew each other through work, him as a vet, me with the sheriff's office, before we knew each other at Grace, and several other people. And this is a family. But the biggest thing is, is the family helped us through, I mean, the birth of our granddaughter, the loss of parents, 
uh, and everything in between, and life decisions. Um, I, my, one of my best mentors right here, Tim Allen, um, I think I probably came to him with every major life decision that I can think of, uh, from promotion, um, assisting my dad, and, and things like that. Um, it, it's the relationship, it's the family that's here um, that goes well beyond these walls. And yes, am I gonna miss the Hershey's Kiss tent? Absolutely. Uh, but as a reminder, and, and I, most people probably know, this was only temporary to begin with. <laughs> I would have to defer to probably John on, what do we say, a year, two year, something like that, that they said it was originally still gonna be here, and here we are, 10. Paul, you were here on the onset. Right? 15 years. Temporary. Temporary. <laughs> temporary. I remember it was a temp. When, I came, when we came in 98, it was going to be temporary, and it had been here for how long before that? <laughs> I lost count. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's not the walls. It's everyone here. It's the leadership up front. So thank you, and we definitely look forward to what God has in store for us. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> Julie? Okay, now we're going to stand and sing a few <laughs> choruses together. We're going to sing Goodness of God. minutes for a couple more. Stephanie. I, I wrote my notes down, and I'm not even going to tell that story. After listening to everybody, I was just reminiscing. Stephanie, hold the microphone closer to your mouth. I'm loud anyway. <laughs> You've got some good things to say. I want to make sure everybody hears. Thank you, John. Um, I was thinking, reminiscing about my family being here, my daughter and the four granddaughters. Maddie, the youngest, was Jesus in one of the Christmas programs. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Evie, in one of the Christmas programs, this is about, I'm Stephanie Dunn, by the way. 
um, was about two years old and another Christmas program and, and the soldiers were coming through and Jesus is going to be crucified and she screamed out, they're killing God, two years old. We had to take her out. It was very traumatizing. <laughs> but I've seen them grow up here, and they were every part of this church and all the programs and everything, singing praise songs and all that. And my husband and I came, sat here behind in second row all the time. And my husband was an introvert. I was the extrovert. <laughs> and we... First, the only thing he ever really got involved in at the church was teaching help. Well, he didn't really teach. Uh, Randy Kahn taught fourth grade forever and ever and ever. And Steve and I volunteered to be assistants in that class. And he, he in his quiet way, was faithful at doing the attendance. <laughs> he did the attendance, and I did the craft. But the thing about... Randy and his rich voice and his, his history of being a teacher and everything, those kids, it went beyond their, their standard Bible lesson. And uh, my husband was taking that all in. And one of the things Randy would always say was, um, just take 10 minutes and read your Bible at least once during the week to the kids. Well, my husband started doing that. And he never did that before. He never read that much in the Bible. But he did that. First thing in the mornings I would see on his desk while he's eating his oatmeal. <laughs> he, he was reading his Bible. Another memory, and then I'll end this, is, well, I won't end it. Um, he had a heart attack about three years ago. No, two years ago. And one of the first ones I called was John. And he and Tim came to the hospital. To be with all my family. And he officiated, he officiated his life service, which was beautiful. It was very, very good. But it was after, after in the grieving process. My husband was an engineer. We never had to have handymen. He, he could not. Why hire it when I can do it, you know? And so we never had handymen. Well, what happens after he had gone home to be with the Lord? Is my air conditioner went down. Uh, my, my garage door opener broke. My, my dryer went out. I mean, one thing after another. But I never really realized uh, how much he did. But now I had to do it. So, and, and this, is, this is the crux of the story, is that I thought, what am I going to do, Lord? What am I going to do? And time after time, in every meet, he met it. Christine was there for, for moral support so much of the time. I knew John was there, but I needed a go-to person. So I called Stephen Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Stephen, I need, I need somebody, somebody who's trustworthy to, to work on my air conditioner. He said, well, we have Dale Dupree at the church who does ours. And so Dale sent out his guy, Joe, and they've been out two or three times since, and they've been wonderful. Uh, when my garage door opener, door opener broke, I went to Steve. And he says, well, let me, let me work on that. And he got back to me, and he had Paul Olson. <laughs> I bought it, and he brought a buddy out. They came in, and they installed it. And that's the way it went. And I thought, that's the church. So, so what I want to say is when you, when you need the church, they're there. And you were. And I want to thank you all. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I 
Colleen Pacheco, and I just wanted to share real quick a way that God's been working recently in my life. Um, he's worked a lot over the years through this whole church, through the people in it that are choosing to serve God with their life. Um, but specifically, about a year ago, there was a friend that came back into my life that I had met here at Grace, and she's a, a mother of many. She's adopted and fostered and had a few of her own, and she's chose to homeschool her kids and just live her life serving them. And she's in my kitchen, and she's crying and talking, and she has um, cancer, and she feels like God has told her that he's going to heal her naturally. And she was talking through that, and I just told her, like, if God doesn't heal you and he takes you to be with him, like, that's going to be a great thing. You're going to be in heaven. And she cried and said, look at these babies. Who's going to raise them? I can't go yet. So this whole year has been kind of a struggle, and I've been praying with her and on my knees, specifically asking God to heal her. And it's not looking that way. And it's getting really bad. So about a month ago, I was just wrestling with this, like, God, you say you're good, and your ways are not our ways, and you've got this, but I don't understand because this doesn't look good. And she's been so faithful to serve you, so I don't understand. And I've prayed and I've read and I've wrestled. And um, at least three weeks ago, I had a doctor's appointment that I had put off forever and the, they called finally saying like, okay, let's get you pre-registered for this. And it's tomorrow at four and you need your driver's license and your insurance card. And I had lost my wallet about two weeks prior to this. <laughs> and I knew it was in my home. Uh, it was one of those hectic moments. I've got a lot of kids. I was trying to pay for something on the phone with a credit card and I moved from room to room to room to room to find quiet. And in the process of that, I misplaced my wallet. And I knew that's when it had happened, but I had no idea where it was. And for two weeks I had been looking for my wallet and I had prayed you know, along the way for God to help me find it. And I hadn't found it. And so that day on that phone call and I was like, oh great, they're not gonna let me have this appointment without my driver's license. Now I really have to find it. So I looked more intently, had my kids help me look that afternoon, still didn't find it. Went to bed, prayed about it. Woke up in the morning, prayed about it. Prayed for my friend, for her healing. And then I sent my friend Vivian a message. And I just said, will you pray that I find my wallet? Because I can't go to this appointment if I don't find my wallet. She said, absolutely. So then she's praying alongside me. And I'm circling my house. And I had texted with my friend that day. And it was, she was accepting of like, you know, there's nothing that's going to save me now. I'm done with doctor's appointments. I'm going back home to my family because they've told me it's beyond like, it will take a miracle to heal her at this point. The cancer is spread all over. And she seemed settled about it and said she was trusting in the Lord. And I got on my knees and I prayed for her and I prayed that I'd find my wallet and I circled through the house and as I was walking from room to room trying to find my wallet, I decided to look behind my chest freezer. <laughs> like I've never thought to look behind a freezer for anything before. And, um, and sure enough, I climbed on top of that huge chest freezer and, and hunted back there and in the dark corner there was my little red wallet. And I knew instantly, God told me to look there. Like, wait a second. So then I was like, God, how did you speak to me like that? Like, I didn't recognize your voice. I didn't know that it was you telling me to look there. But I know it was you because I've been looking for two weeks. And I never have looked behind a freezer for anything in my life. And I messaged Vivian, like, thank you for praying. Uh, I found my wallet. And it was behind a chest freezer. And it had to be God. And she put a laughing emoji like, yep, it had to be God because... I don't think I've ever looked behind a freezer for anything. So I'm sure one of my kids had lifted the chest freezer and it, it fell behind there, apparently. But um, in the days following, I prayed more intently for my friend again. And I, I think that God was trying to tell me through that answered prayer of helping me find my wallet that he hears my prayers 
and that uh, he answers prayers and he is capable of healing her, but he might not choose to. And that I can choose to trust him regardless if his outcome is the same as I would like it to be or not. And another thing that I've noticed in this church and been encouraged by along the way is I've seen a lot of people in this room lose their children or their grandchildren. And I've watched you be faithful to God and to continue to come here every week and to serve him and to trust in him even though that wouldn't have been what you wanted to happen or you didn't know why it was his plan. And I was also encouraged by John then the next, maybe a week after this had happened and John talked about telling our kids when God does something and making like, he talked about Joshua going across and each of the 12 tribes carrying a stone and making a, a marker. And I was so encouraged because about a year ago, you talked to us about telling our kids when God does something for you. And as soon as I had found my wallet, I found my kids individually and told them how God had answered my prayer. So it was also encouraging to me that like, I'm growing through listening to sermons and trusting in the Lord. Thanks, Connor. Let's stand. <laughs> We're going to sing a closing song, and this song has kind of been my anthem this week as we look towards the journey that we're embarking on together. So let's sing this together. We're gonna sing about trusting and obeying and how sweet it is to trust the Lord.
colleague, uh, Paul Olson, who is a um, charter member, one of the initial members of our church, if he would close us today in prayer. Paul. Thank you, John. Um, looking around the room, I'm seeing Mike and, Mike and Barbara Young, also charter members, and Randy Ramona Khan. The years, the blood, sweat, and tears, and the joy uh, are flooding through me right now. I'd like to sing a little chorus for you if you'd like. You have been a shelter, Lord, to every generation, to every generation, a sanctuary from the storm, to every generation, to every generation, Lord. As Stephanie said, we... God does not want our abilities. He wants our availability. We're not 424 anymore. We're 2525. You got that? 2525. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we right now dedicate our lives to you. This building is not our home. Home is with you in heaven. And this temporary structure that was built is just uh, a sanctuary with so many memories, but just like a tent in the old days, this tent will also uh, be abandoned and be left behind as we move forward, Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name.